Today we're going to read and comment on a lecture by Neville Goddard. The name of this lecture is My Word. Now, if you want to stay with me for the full length of this lecture, by all means, stick with me. Now, if you don't, for whatever reason, you can skip to the end where there will be a short summary and my commentary. Now, before I start, thank you so much for liking, sharing and subscribing. It helps my channel grow tremendously and I'm very grateful. And also hitting that bell button. Thank you so much. Now, let's get into it. My word. My word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55. This is the same word recorded in the book of John as In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwells in us. John 1. The Revised Standard Version of the Bible has mistranslated the preposition in to read among as the word becoming flesh dwells in us. Notice John used the plural us, for it was not a person the word assumed, but the nature of being a person. The word assume human nature to become the mold upon which the pattern is molded. In the beginning, the word was with God and was God. The Greek word logos, translated word, means pattern, that which gives meaning, a plan. In the beginning, there was a plan called Jesus Christ. He is the pattern man who took upon himself human nature to become the mold upon which our nature is being formed. The word did not become an individual called John, Neville, Peter, or Grace, but human nature, so that when his work is finished in an individual, he will say, I am he. This is the story of indentured labor, a contract which binds one person to work for another for a given period of time, like an apprentice. In the West Indies, Trinidad and British Guyana, some hundred years ago, they had indentured labor. For 14 years, the Indians were slaves. They were given some aggregate, a home, and set free to compete with those who had enslaved them. Scripture speaks of indentured labor as the Lord God said to Abram, Your descendants will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs. They will be slaves and oppressed for 400 years. Afterward, they will come out with great possession. Here is a fixed period of time, and slavery will not go beyond this point. 400 is the numerical value of Taf, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, whose symbol is a cross. Human nature bears this cross for 400 years. Then the word unfolds itself, and human nature is redeemed. Redemption means to redeem an article which was put in pledge by repayment of the loan for which it was given. So we see that the creature was made subject until futility, not willingly, but by the will of him who was subjected him in hope that we will obtain the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Romans 8 Now, 
You and I can believe, yet we have no consciousness as to why we are here. We are living animating bodies, but not life-giving spirits. Desiring this knowledge, we were subjected to and sent into slavery for a definite period. There is no other way to be redeemed, so God became us. He is playing the part of you. Regardless of what your name is here, we are all God's word. Moving towards a definite end, my word, which is my very self, shall not return to me void. It must be accomplished that which I purpose and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And when my word returns, it I will discover I am the word which was sent forth, making me a son of God, equal to God. If the word has gall dwells in you and unfolds in you, you are, are you not one with God upon your return? Ecclesiastes tells us, he has made everything perfect in his day, and he has put eternity into the mind of man. Yet so that man cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. In Hebrew thought, eternity consists of all the generations of man and the experiences fused into one grand whole. The concentrated time into which the whole is placed and from which all the generations spring is called David. That is what is put into the mind. The word olam, translated eternity, means a youth, a stripling, a young man. You will notice that all of these terms are used to describe David. Whose youth is that? Inquire whose sons the stripling is. Who are you, young man? These are questions asked by Saul, Israel's first king, made by human's choice from outward observation. Saul was rejected by the Lord. Seeing, seeing only the heart, God chose David, claiming he is a man after my own heart who does not, who does all of my will. So David is Israel's first king by divine choice, while Saul was the first king by human choice. After you have gone through all the generations of men, you will be confronted by youth the personification of eternity, which you bring forth as the result of your journey into death. And no one is going to fail, for as God's word, you cannot return to Him void, but you must accomplish what you purposed and prosper into the thing for which you were sent. At your journey's end, you will find David, who will cry unto you, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Here is God's anointed one, the firstborn of every creature. As the word possesses you, human nature is put off and you become the mold upon which divine nature is fashioned and ultimately born. And when the work is completed, the word unveils itself and David, the result of your frightful pain, calls you father. With all of the confusion in the atmosphere about racial conflict, my friend Benny recently shared a vision with me. In his experience, six neighbors, all black, were running towards him, carrying knives. Their bodies were lacerated but healed and their arms were all scarred. Stopping one person, Benny said, Don't you know this is wrong? That violence is stupid? That it is evil? For one moment, the man hesitated and shook his hand and said, Even if I wanted to, I could not stop it. This world is a stage upon which a man is under compulsion to play his part. How are you going to stop the play and change it because you do not like the part you are presently playing? 
because you do not like violence are you going to stop murder and change the play Hamlet is murdered every night and the play goes on and when the curtain goes down he's taken off the stage murder is part of the play already written and unattainable you can however change your way of life within the framework of the play by the same principle that animates the world now the world did not inhabit and assume itself to be a particular man but dwells in us therefore you do not have to assume your name is rockefeller to feel wealthy but rather you simply assume the nature of wealth in the book of john this question is asked what do you want to see a man shaken by the winds are you looking for a man to bow to a man to feel inferior to i have met men i respect but i do not consider any of them my superior I respect Einstein's great mind, but if I stood in his presence, I would not consider him greater than I. Today I went to the dictionary and looked upon the word person. It said the word was used in this sense. My station in life. I could never know a person of the trade socially. Strangely in life, I had an experience at a cocktail party one night. The lady who gave the party apologized profusely for inviting a man and his wife who owned a very successful Harbertery on Madison Avenue. This lady did not earn her money. She had received her wealth from a divorce settlement. But because she was a member of all exclusive clubs in the city of New York, she felt she was above the couple who earned their living thereby expressing the dictionary definition of the word person. Certainly, there are other definitions for the word person. The first and final definition is actor, a man for one who plays a part. Here is a part a person is playing. This lady could not see the part for feeling detached. She saw the person. Even today, with all of her missions, she still cannot separate the person from the part he plays. But God, being protean, is playing every part. When Benny saw the violence, he was looking at his past, trying to tell the truth to those who would listen. Momentarily arresting the attention of one cast in the role of violence, he realized that even if he wanted to stop it, he could not. Being cast in a role, you must play it true to the very end. Then David will come out, bear witness to the will of God, who entered and completed the drama in order to bring out sons with life in them. It takes this horrible drama to transform an animated soul into a life-giving spirit. We are taught to believe that if we do certain things, we will change the play. But this is not true. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Here is a play of five terms, beginning with foreknowledge and ending in glorification. If at the present time you are financially behind the eight ball, assume the nature of wealth until you embody it, you must forget a person called Jesus and think of him as God's word which became flesh and dwells in you. He never assumed a person but man's nature. In the state of Abram, imagination took upon himself the element of human nature before he took on a personality. Finding himself in human form, the word molds human nature upon himself until humanity becomes the very image of God. And on that way, he who began the good work in you will unveil itself and you will know that you are God. 
having written the play with all of its horror, God plays all the part. One day, every son will know that he is the author of the play. On that day, his creative power and wisdom will be enhanced beyond his wildest dream. Because all as life itself, the word assumes the state of death and conquers it. Now, a lady recent, recently shared a perfectly marvelous experience with me saying, I saw myself come out of myself as an old woman, holding a child in her arms. Although I saw her as another, I knew her as myself. This is a perfect vision of the 18th chapter of Genesis. Sarah was an old woman. It had long since ceased to be with her after the manner of woman, yet she brought forth the promised child. In the chapter, God speaks to Abraham, and as he tells him of the promise, he turns from the first into the third person. It is said that Sarah laughed because she and Abraham were old. At the time, she did not recognize the law, but when the one speaking of him in the third person says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah recognized him and doubted no more. This lady had the vision of Sarah and will now have the experience of Mary and bear the promised child. That same night as, the clo as she closed her eyes, she saw a huge ear, a hammer and a spike. As she watched, invisible hands drove the spike towards the ear. Although she knew the ear was hers, it did not hurt. By that act, the lady fulfilled the 40th chapter of the book of Psalms. For if you read the footnote, you will see that years will be born for you. This is done for you to hear the word coming uninterrupted from within. Everyone will awaken regardless of the violence which appears in the world. We have it in our city today, but I say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Just as the man said to Benny, even if I wanted to, I could not stop it. If the part you agreed to play calls for violence, you will do it. For having agreed to be cast in the role, you must play the part of to the finish. Within your sphere, however, you can take on the nature of anything and express it, for you are the world. Take on the nature of health, and health will take on the tones of flesh. Finding a feeling of wealth, you have not caught its nature. You don't have to feel you are a specific individual who is wealthy, healthy, or famous in order to personify, sorry, to personify, personify it. God did not assume individuality, but the nature of humanity. He dwells in you for the word become flesh and dwells in us all. I am telling you what I know from experience. Believe my words, dwell upon their meaning, and you will awaken from within as God's word unveils itself in you. You will find the essence of your journey through these 400 years and redeem yourself. You see, the one who put into you into bondage has redeemed you. And the only way he can do it is to give you himself. Life is the blood. He must redeem you with his life blood. As your body of belief is split from top to bottom, you will see God's blood as living liquid gold. Fusing with it, you become his blood and return to the holy of holies as the whole you made the healed supreme sacrifice. You must be redeemed, for he who redeems you pledge himself and must regain his pledge. You were sent in this, into this world, not willingly, but so that you could become as he is. The only way he could do this was to give you his lifeblood. 
while in the world you are aware of generation and division. But when you became aware of being one with his blood, you move up into regeneration and unity, into the one being who fell. Remember, you are the word, making this world real. And although you are totally unaware of it, the pattern man is being molded upon your nature. He who became the good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. On that day, you will know that you are God. In the meanwhile, limited and imitate God. Name your desire and feel its nature. And when it becomes flesh, don't forget how it came into being. Don't give credence to the means, but remember the nature that produced the feeling and the desire. For this word is a play, and play it will remain until God's word redeem itself and all. Now let us go into silence. Wow, that was a powerful deep 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 lecture let me get into this quick summer so we can be redeemed god became man so we can become him we are unfolding to this in a pattern predetermined from the beginning this pattern is jesus christ we are following this pattern so he will return his words not empty but how it is supposed to be in the beginning the word was with god and was god the Greek word logos translated word means pattern that which gives meaning a plan. In the beginning there was a plan called Jesus Christ. He is the pattern man who took upon himself human nature to become the mold upon which our nature is being formed. The word did not become an individual called John, Neville, Peter or Grace, but human nature so that when his work is finished in all individual he will say, I am he. Now, you and I can believe yet have no consciousness as to why we are here. We are living, animating bodies, but not life-giving spirits. Designing this knowledge, we were subjected to and sent into slavery for a definite period of time. There's no other way to be redeemed. So God became us. He's playing the part of you. Regardless of what your name is here, we are all God's word, moving towards a definite end. My word, which is my very self, shall not return to me void. It must be accomplished, that which I purpose and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And my word returns, I will discover I am the word which was sent forth, making me a son of God, equal to God. Now, this is not an easy, this is not the easiest of Neville Goddard's lectures, to be honest. My interpretation of it, and I think I'm pretty accurate, I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm not saying I'm right, but I think I, I'm on point as to certain things he wants to convey. As I said in my previous, in a lot of my previous lectures and commentaries, um, the mind is the forerunner of all things, as the Buddha said. However, the mind, I want to say, before I start, I want to say this in a more atheist, more material, scientific quote-unquote way because as I said Neville Goddard used these words and used the Bible so it's very it might not seem very universal but it is very universal and applies to all of us regardless of the vernacular he used the vernacular he used because he will come Neville Goddard comes from a time came from a time that was very Christian in the in the 50s 60s and 70s I forgot which period but a bygone age even though it was the modern age, religion was more prevalent. Christianity was more prevalent. So bear with him and heed my words. 
The mind is a foreigner of all things, which means that everything starts from the mind. In this lecture, he talks about a man who could not stop violence even if he wanted to because he was supposed to play his part until the end, right? And in this lecture, we also said that man was slave, which means that man, our mind is in the likeness of God, but we can be corrupted and be made to be slaves by maybe the things and the circumstances and our unwillingness to find God within, which is our nature, our divine nature. Which if you were to see in a more atheist point of view, and if you have studied a book like Letting Go by David Hawking, this is simply the lower level of consciousness. And once you reach those highest level of consciousness above courage, which is the transitional, uh, if for you guys who are familiar with the with the vibrational chart by David Hawkins, it starts with the lowest vibration, which is guilt and apathy, desire, anger, depression, etc. And when once you reach courage, which is the middle one, this those vibrations become wholesome ones and positive ones. Anything below courage is considered, regarded as negative, unwholesome vibrational feelings, states, whatever you want to call it. So that's what he talks about. That's what Neville talks about when he talks about those lower, lower stages, those lower vibrations. And once we understand this, that those lower vibrations need to be change and what he says when he talks about the man will not be able to stop the violence because he needs to play his part until the end we decide and that's what Neville says in this lecture we decide the part we want to play and once we decide this level which is our subconscious beliefs we will play this part to the end for better or worse which means that we the nature of God is when we decide what part we want to play and this part will be carried on till the end but we must decide which part we want to play that's what he also says when he says we do not need to personify someone else we can choose the part we want to play the nature we want to have so we don't know as he said we don't know to need to emulate even though there's nothing necessarily wrong with emulation we don't need to emulate and say we are rockefeller to become wealthy we need to choose to play this part of being wealthy we need to choose the nature of being wealthy we need to choose words of wealth words and prosper in believing that this is our nature and that believing that this part is ours because this is the beginning when we choose a role for a play we choose it and we play it till the very end of the play and that's the same thing with our subconscious mind when we choose it it will play to the end obviously you can interrupt it if you choose to do so but we still need to choose it beforehand so choose wisely choose the part you want to play that's what Neville wants for all of us wanted for all of us and that's how we accomplish in his word the will of god quote unquote 
So we choose which word, which words will, how should I put it, unfold in our world. So choose your thoughts wisely. Choose your self-image wisely. And play and believe that this self-image is true now. Play it long after you are done doing it. Play it over and over until it becomes true to you. Until the desire, the feeling of desire has left you. And every time the desire, the feeling of desire comes to pass, let it go. Don't identify with it. Let it go and replace it by living in the end. Let go of the feeling of wanting. Let go of the feeling of yearning. Let go of the feeling of longing. Let go of the feeling of desire and stay in the end. Play your part. Play the part of being the person you want to be as if you were already this person. Thank you so much for listening. This is the end. And I hope you guys liked it. Thank you for staying until the end. My information is in the description box below. My books, my coaching information if you're interested. I give one-on-one session for Neville Goddard's teaching, Joseph Murray's teaching, Napoleon Hill teaching, and meditation for this kind of stuff. And you can also check my second channel, YouTube channel. The link is in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. You can comment if you have any question, or you can just comment if you want to help me grow. Thank you so much, and see you soon.